Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. I'm not a summer movie geek. What was that? <laughs> I I don't know. I think it was Jeff Bridges. He just came in the room and he was like, I'm not even watching Trigret. You mean Rooster? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, you're not a, a woman. Yes, sir. You need a pretty big mustache and slash beard to pull that off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Chrissy McQueen. Justin Winters is here. This is So I Married Movie Geek, in case you didn't get it. And we watched uh, actually two Joel and Ethan Cohen movies today True Grit and The Great Lebowski. No, <laughs> The Big Lebowski. <laughs> wow. It- All your credibility that you actually watched the movie. <laughs> Is thrown out the window when you don't even remember the name of the movie that you just watched five minutes ago. I was ago. brilliant in my Jeff Bridges impression, y'all. That that was the problem. And if I were a bigger, better woman, I would take over, like, you know, double, not double take, but like take two, this whole introduction because it just like went speeding off a cliff. For a second, I thought I was like, oh, that could be the sequel. Is she talking about the <laughs> sequel that I haven't heard about? The great. I was going to ask you if there was a sequel to that. <laughs> Nope, just one big Lebowski. Then there you go. Yep. Uh, but we'll get to that. First, we have to talk about Drew Grit. Drew Grit. Drew Grit. Drew Grit. Drew Grit. Let's just sit here the whole time and say Drew Grit. It makes me think about grits. Like if, as in if, the ones you eat? What if it was called True Grits? I've only had grits maybe twice. And neither of the times that I had them did I find them very appealing. You gotta, you know... It's an art. You gotta combine butter and some salt, some pepper, stir it up, and then they have the flavored grits. Oh, I, that's the one I tried, and it was disgusting. Disgusting. Never get the Quaker instant grits in like cheddar. Gross. Cr- Cracker Barrel has great grits. See, here's the problem. Let's move on. <laughs> no, real quick. When I had grits, the consistency of it was like cream of wheat, except they were trying to make it savory. And I was like, what are you doing in cream of wheat? Well, there's a, yeah, or rice. there's a big. Array of grits out there depends on where <laughs> there is. Yeah. There's like a rainbow of grits. <laughs> some Waffle Houses have good grits and some doesn't. Oh, the Waffle House. Anyway, yeah, I didn't really want to steer to talking about grits. No, but we had to get that out of the way. True grit. True grit. Okay, it's third time I've seen it. First time you've seen it. Yes. What'd you think? I thought it was a great movie. Uh, to be honest, my hmm, what's the word I'm looking for here? My, no, experience isn't the right word. It's like when you have a bucket full of something, of knowledge. <laughs> a buck full? No, a bucket full of knowledge. A like, bucket full of knowledge. <laughs> like, no, when you, there's a word for this, you guys. Come on. And I'm really wordy, usually. Knowledge when, bucket? No. <laughs> That's two words. When you, when you have... I loved it. I'll give it two knowledge buckets up. <laughs> no. When no? you have a background of experience in something, what is it that you have? You have a... Heap of understanding. <laughs> you have a bucket full of knowledge. 
knowledge. Let's, let's just go with knowledge buckets. Okay. For the sake of this conversation, how was your knowledge bucket filled by True Grit? No. I was going to say, as far as my heap of experience knowledge bucket is concerned. Are, with, you, are you talking about Westerns? With regards to Westerns. Thank you. See, what's the word I'm looking for when you have like a plethora of experience with a subject? I like the word plethora. I do. Okay. As far as my plethora of I, background I understand what you're. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Honestly, it's limited to like that one movie with Sharon Stone Quick and Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, like The Quake and the Dead. That's yeah. all. I think that's the only Western I've really ever seen. For real? Yeah. Name a few and I'll tell you if I've seen them. <laughs> Never mind. You can't it's, name a couple? It's just too sad. Why is that sad? I mean, have you ever seen like the Sergio Leone, like Who? Clint Eastwood? films like what never mind no (laughs) (laughs) you haven't seen any i'm probably that's probably true i haven't i've seen when they do western themed tv shows or like uh back in the day when the twilight zone did a couple of nods to the western like i understand the whole the genre even if i'm not terribly familiar even if my knowledge bucket isn't full okay but uh, so just as a film not even as a western what do you think about it I liked it a lot. Whoa. I did. A lot. Uh, a lot. Okay. Uh, honestly, for any movie to be good, you have to have the perfect storm, and we've discussed this in the past, but of, of good acting, of good directing, and good writing. And for me, at least, and I know this isn't true for everybody, there has to be a good summation at the end. I can't stand it when films leave everything totally, completely open-ended where, you know, you can decide whether even the whole movie existed. So I like that this tied it up nicely at the end. Okay. Personally, that that matters to me. I don't know why. It just does. You've seen me get very upset at movies when they don't tie it up. It's true. Like, what the you-know-what? What the you-know-what? Are you kidding me? Yes. Got it. But Jeff Bridges, when he first came on, was practically unrecognizable. Can we just say that, right? Forget how he talks. Like, just when he walked on screen, I almost asked you, and then I thought, no, don't ask yet. Is that Jeff Bridges? Well, that's, that's what's great. His introduction is, like, one of the great introduction scenes because he's in an outhouse the whole time. Right. And, <laughs> like I told you, remember when it, I think it was it our favorite movies of the year, I was telling you about his accent that he uses and it's really deep and you could sometimes it sounds like he's got marbles in his mouth and what accent would that be justin like a deep southern accent i guess like how uh don't don't i can't do it <laughs> no don't you do it good do it <laughs> oh, yeah do it he calls her baby sister at one point <laughs> no that was pretty good you're you're you who are you <laughs> no 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 that's a different one who are you that's alice in wonderland <laughs> no several times throughout the movie um people react to uh the character of maddie ross by like who are you because she's so strong yeah. as a female in the you know within the film and I liked her. The the actress who played her. Haley. Haley Steinfeld? Yes. Haley Steinfeld. What what a little talent she turned out to be. And actually that sounds somewhat um demeaning to call her a little little talent implies that she's all cute and Shirley Temple when she's not. She's an adult living in a 14-year-old's body. She's pretty impressive. She's very impressive. 
uh, just by virtue of getting down those lines, because it was quick banter a lot of the time, especially on her end, and uh, occasionally peppered with legalese. <laughs> so she's a smart kid, man. Yeah, I mean, she's practically the hero of the story. You know, she's my kind of kid. She's got more grit than I do, but she's my kind of kid. I like her. Not a lot of movies or westerns that I know of have a strong female character like this. So. Quick in the dead. Quick in the dead. <laughs> Sharon Stone. She was very strong and female. Wow. I actually like Quick and the Dead. I do too. That's the same uh, Rainy movie. But I like pretty much anything Gene Hackman does. And Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Gene Hackman. I do. Gene Hackman, my ass. Back to Leo. I do like Gene Hackman. I love Gene Hackman as well. You Jack Hackman? Gene Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting to the Lebowski Nellist voice. <laughs> Where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> Back to True Grit. Um, I took notes for this one. So did I. Be- I know. Because again, I I've seen this movie three times in the last three weeks. So I'm it's like, dense. okay, I've got I've got the first two times. Let me start to notice the things. You know, what I really like about the movie. Yeah, I'm sure what, that what soaks in. I have a feeling that your notes are much more in depth and thoughtful and thought provoking, much more than mine. No, I got some doodles on here. Oh, good because I got a couple. Like the first one's like, why whiskey? Is it easy to make? Because everybody likes whiskey in this movie. And my second note is Cogburn colon blog blurg bleep bloop because you can't understand him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah, his his aha scene, which again is classic. Yeah. But then the next scene that you see him in, he's on trial. And the camera starts way back at the start of the... So you can barely see him. And you can barely understand what... Didn't I say, I wish I had subtitles? Yes. I wish I had subtitles for at least part of... It gets easier to understand him as the movie goes on. And you can actually see him, his lips moving, which helps a lot with the... I find that most people who talk to me in real life, for whatever reason, have accents. It's yeah. like an, it's a known kind of legendary thing. If you hang out with me, I'm going to run into at least one stranger who tries to talk to me and has a, a thick accent. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten pretty good at understanding what people say. But he had like a deep, like a guttural. Like... He, it was guttural. That's a good word to describe it. Yeah. But I did understand for the most part. Occasionally I did have to turn to you and say, what did he say? And then, and then you told me because you'd seen it three times. Being the third time I've seen this, I was every time I'm like caught up by the accents – and this time I was like, at one point, I got a really strong uh, Captain Ron vibe from his, like... That means nothing to me. Demeanor. You never saw Captain Ron with I'm Kurt sorry. Russell? No. Not that it's a good movie. I'm not saying that. That's not the but one where Goldie Hawn tries to escape and then they become lovers, right? That's Overboard. Yeah, that's no, not Captain No, <laughs> Captain Ron is with Martin Short. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's a stupid comedy, but Kurt Russell <laughs> plays this, like, drunk, uh, like, pirate-like guy Bubbly. with an eye patch. And he, you know, sometimes people mix him up with Jeff Bridges. But There you go. Anyway, back to the movie. I thought it was telling that the daughter, uh, you know, she's trying to avenge her father's death. And a guy in town gives her kind of three options as far as marshals are concerned because she's going to, you know, seek revenge here. And she chose the one that wasn't deemed the fairest, nor was he deemed the best hunter. He was just deemed the meanest. Like, she picked him based on that. There you go. Yeah. And then when she met him, I thought, you know, she seems like a really smart girl, but if I were she, I would think he's not up for the job. I mean, come on. He's like wearing, after this, this is after the outhouse scene, when she finally sees him. 
he's like lying down in the back of a Chinese uh, market, dare I say, possible restaurant. Who knows? There's dead carcasses lying around. Oh, they had the ducks. Yeah. Like Favorora ducks. Right, I know, like Favorora from Christmas Story. Not anything else. But, I mean, the point is is that he's like laying down in his long johns with the whiskey. Is it easy to make? And he's just like, rah, 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 rah. and I'd be like, he's not up for this. I'm picking somebody else. Well, he was a project for her. She, you know. Um, <laughs> is that it? Well, he was a mess at the beginning, but in, in the end, he ended up. Was she sharing clueless? And she's like, project! I mean, exactly. is that what happened? Exactly. This this is a the Western version of clueless, pretty much. <laughs> you pegged this movie. I know. I'm good. Clueless grit. <laughs> True clueless. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> okay. Well, we've talked about my two favorite characters. Yes. Now, let's talk about the character who, when I watched it the first time, didn't really like him in his role. Second time, I was like, okay, I kind of see where he's going. Third time, what's his name? I bet you I know. Are you ready? Who is it? Matt Damon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How did I know? As LaBeef. What did you think of Matt Damon as Lebeef? First of all, when they said his name, I was like, are you sure it's not like Shia LaBeouf and they're just mispronouncing it? Like, it sounds like it should be LaBeouf. Like, who's named LaBeef? My name is LaBeef. Well, he's a Texas Ranger. So? Anyway. <laughs> what did you think of uh, Matt Damon? First, I had to get over the fact that he looked like my uncle with the mustache. And I was kind of like, why, does, why is my uncle Philip in True Grit? And then once I did that, I thought... I turned to you. I said, Matt Damon's kind of a dick. That was that the first thing said? I said to you. The first thing when he... Yes, Matt Damon's kind of a dick. I wrote it down. Yeah, Matt Damon is kind of a dick in this. And then later on, obviously, he proved himself in different ways, and I don't want to give that part away just yet. But, yeah, your first impression of him is like, all right, he is somewhat self-absorbed. Well, and... I guess that's his, it's his character. He plays right. like this blowhard guy. He's always talking about all these things that he's done, and... Um, he rubs against... Uh, He's egotistical. Rooster the wrong way, because Rooster's always like, do you ever shut up? At one point, he, you know, loses part of his... Or almost loses part of his tongue, and they make a joke that even with that, he's still talking all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now you're the horse. Now, now you're that little blackie. Oh. Little blackie, can we discuss this for a second? <laughs> Okay. Little Blackie is the horse of the main character. Yes. Of, Maddie um, Ross. Maddie Ross. Maddie Ross's little horse that she who bought by, for $10. Who, by the way, that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, even after the third time, is the, the bartering scene where she has to go and barter with the banker guy. Yeah. That's a great scene. It is. She's very successful in getting all her dad's money back and then also getting one of the ponies for $10. Well done, Maddie Ross. Here's my question. Later on, yes. uh, and Little Blackie proves himself to be a fine little horse. Are we, ta- are we talking about that la- the end of the movie now? Without giving away too much, yes. Here's my question. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's an emergency. Yes. And um, everyone's depending on Little Blackie to get back to town as soon as he can and as quickly as he can. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just wait until the end? Go ahead. Little Blackie is no secretariat. Dude, Little Blackie has to... Travel a lot longer distance than Secretariat. Well, right away, I felt sorry for him. Just like the minute that, you, I mean, you know, it's an emergency. You know, he has to go fast. But I'm like, 
they're going to wear that poor horse out. What do they think they're doing? Well, again, he's little, number one. Yeah. Number two, the scene you're talking about, they had two two characters yeah. riding this horse. I know. As fast as possible through, I the, know. through the night. I felt so sorry for him. I and agree. he never faltered. He never did. And then one time he felt a little bit tired. And Jeff Bridges was a dick and and took his spurs and was like, Shh, go. He was trying to. <sighs> I I know he was trying to prevent the emergency from getting worse. Yes. I get that. But but Maddie was right when she was like, "Don't do that. Don't do that." And then he was like, "Go." Wow. Here's my question. Yes. When the for- horse finally does falter, uh huh. Why did they have to shoot him? Oh, Why? Shh. No, I'm upset. He was suffering. He was tired. He wasn't tired. He was suffering. He had been stabbed as well. He'd been stabbed. Yeah. He stabbed him with his spurs. I thought he just kind of hit him with them. It was a knife. What? Please don't make this over. This is gonna overtake the whole podcast. Wait a minute. He stabbed him. He stabbed the horse. Yeah, because the horse was about to run out of juice, and he was they. It was an emergency. Please, I'm gonna cry. I see that you're gonna cry. He stabbed the horse. Yes. Why did he do that? Are you really crying? I'm really upset. This kind of reminded me of uh, the horse scene Artax in the Neverending Story. Remember that? No. He was going through the swamp, and the horse was yeah. The nothing was coming at, or like the what was it? The the wolf thing was coming at. You really cry. I'm really upset. I didn't know that he stabbed him. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm and laughing at the same time, and it feels weird. Well, you know what? What? One of my notes. Uh, one of the notes that I made was. Little Blackie equals badass horse. Little Blackie equals abused. Little Blackie made it through, like, over, through a river. Like, he just, like, took that kid. Yeah, and how did he get repaid? Apparently got stabbed before he got (laughs) shot. Like I said, he, you know, it was all for the greater good. He saved his his owner. Oh, yeah. Because that was more valuable. Oh, gosh. I'm really upset. Can we please move on? No. Okay, fine. Please. Yes. You steer it because I'm sad. Steer what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. This train wreck. (laughs) It's a first, you guys. When I cry on a podcast, and I'm genuinely upset. Like, that's a first. So you thought Matt Damon, as his character was a dick. What did you think of Matt Damon's performance as Slabeef? He was good. I mean, Matt Damon... Did you did he make you believe that he was a Texas Marshal like a No, he was no. Matt Damon as a Texas Marshal. Matt Matt Damon. Damon. That being said, I don't think Matt Damon is it's it's a little bit like our discussion about Mark Wahlberg. I don't think that Ma- Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon are ever really bad in what they do, but they're just shades of themselves. You know, and every every movie role is a shade of Matt Damon, but it's still I don't know. Matt Damon. I I like Matt Damon. I mean, he was yeah. really good in the Bourne movies. Right. What was the the informant that we saw him in? Was oh, it last year? Oh, he was great in the informant. If, if if you haven't seen Matt Damon in the informant, that is a great underrated movie. He, he was awesome in that. I might have to take back what I just said then, because you're right. In that movie, he was not don't the compa- shade of Matt Damon. That don't he was co- different. Don't compare him to Mark Wahlberg. I'm sorry. 
using Good Will Hunting. I know. I love that movie. Of course. Every girl loves that movie. Why wouldn't you love that movie? <laughs> it's a great movie. I like, I like Good Will Hunting as well. You should like Good Will Hunting. So you would give his... Matt Damon's performance, two thumbs up. Thought he was. Great. I give him a thumb and a half up. A thumb and a half. Yeah, like up. one's pointing straight up and one's kind of pointing to the side. Like I still like you. What well, What did you think? Of, watching it the third time, I was also watching the relationships between the main characters. What do you think of, um, like Matt Damon's character Labeef and Rooster, and then Matt Damon and the girl? Because those two really different, interesting relationships that they had going on there. Right. Uh... <laughs> one involving a, a public spanking, so... Yeah, that what? that was not okay. You don't like public spankings? That was not okay. She's 14. You don't spank a 14-year-old. I don't think you spank children in general, but... Well, it was kind of weird because, like, 10 minutes earlier he had said he wanted to... Kiss her. Kiss her. She was so saucy with her tongue. But even though he said that, he was like, but you're very unattractive and sick, but I still thought I might steal a kiss. So I actually love that scene. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. But I thought to myself, I'm like, does Matt Damon have that disease where you just say things, not disease, a condition where you just say things without thinking them through? Is it Asperger's I'm thinking of? It's called Tourette's. I, no, that's swearing. Asperger's? Asperger's is where, like, you have no social skills or context, and so you just blurt out whatever's in your head, even if it's inappropriate. No, I just think he was just a... Uh... Kind of an a-hole. That was his character. Uh, I thought maybe he was on the spectrum. He, he was full of himself. <laughs> Are you sure that he wasn't on the spectrum? Well, if you want to think that Matt Damon <laughs> played an Asperger's cowboy in True Grit. Hey, I can make a compelling case for this because the, he's I, headstrong. He says whatever comes to his mind. Like the kid in parent, Parenthood, the TV yeah. show. He gets fixated on certain things and he won't shut up about them. Oh my God, Matt Damon's character in True Grit had Asperger's. That's it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, absolutely not. But that's it. That explains a lot of his social connections. And you were saying that relationships are so different. It's because he has Asperger's. Well, he, okay. Well, if you think he has Asperger's, that's fine. He's still heroic towards the end. I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm saying it just makes sense. Would you call um, Rooster's character a hero in the story as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blocking out the now scene that makes you cry. I'm so upset about that. I can't think about it. I'll be further upset. This is like Bambi all over again. Yeah. Um, Rooster. Rooster. He, he, you know, he starts off rough, but he yeah. proves himself in the end. He's a diamond in the rough. He's rough around the edges. You, you have to unfold <laughs> the petals and get to the bud. Uh, he stepped up when he needed to because... Maddie doesn't have a dad anymore, obviously, but she, she's got a lot of gumption. And even though she's got a lot of gumption, she needs somebody periodically to step in and protect her or mm -hmm. help her or teach her, depending on the situation. She lost her father at the beginning of the movie. So right. And he stepped up when he needed to. Labeef stood up a little bit and then Towards he... Towards the end. Yeah. Labeef <laughs> was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Are you thinking about Maddie having Asperger's? It's a novel concept that it you came is. up with on the spot. I'm about to watch it again now. My fourth time. <laughs> wow. This I don't think you've ever watched anything four, four times like that I've seen you watch over and over again. Um, I don't know. When Anchorman came out? Yeah. I watched it like several times around. Oh, I, I, yeah. I watched. Everybody's watched Anchorman a million times. I'm talking when it first came out. Cannonball. I was... <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. So what was your favorite scene in True Grit? 
Uh, I kind of agree with the the couple ones that we mentioned so far. The bartering one was excellent, uh-huh. and the one where Matt Damon uh, reveals his his character for the first time and talks about wanting to kiss her, even though she's terribly unattractive and sick. But I also really enjoyed the scene where Jeff Bridges and um, Hattie, to use their actors' names, go to the campsite and they're kind of staking it out. And she walks on the roof and you know uses his jacket to that, snuff out the chimney. The the end of that scene. Yeah. Is, is when I wrote down what you said, which was, did that just happen? <laughs> yeah, and then that happened. No, you were like, did that just happen? Yeah, that was pretty amazing. One one guy, actually both guys kind of get uh, disposed of in a rather quick manner. Yeah. A very uh, Cohen-esque manner, pretty much. But you were surprised by the violence. I was surprised by the violence. I was surprised that it happened so quickly and so uh, grittily, let's say. <laughs> Somebody lost some digits. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and then eventually life. But uh, the a... whole scene, from beginning to end, from the minute they snuck up on that campsite and they kind of had this little, you know, concocted plan where they were going to snuff them out by, uh, you know, making the chimney unusable and therefore they all had to come outside and coughing from the smoke. And then when it started to go right, right then, didn't Jeff Bridges, he said something like, well, that didn't pan out. I'm pretty sure that that's what he said. And then, you know, it went further awry. His yeah. asides, a lot of... The, like, oh, they're great. Him talking to Maddie throughout the movie, especially in the middle portion where he's talking about his divorces and his ex-wives. <laughs> yes. And about how his one ex-wife, his, her new boyfriend works at a, like a, um, like a tool shop or something like that. A hardware store. Oh, okay. Anyway. I love I I love him more and more every time I watch this movie. It's Jeff Bridges, his, yeah. his, just his performance. And the funny thing is, is that had he not let Maddie finally, you know, come along, he would have never like had this conversation with anybody ever. So I think he was just getting a lot of things off off of his chest. Yeah. About his ex wives. I love the script, man. It was, it was really they the characters were is what pretty much makes every Coen Brothers movie. But yes, they were just well this one, every even the like supporting side characters like we were talking about the banker guy at the beginning. And um, let's talk about the last thing that I alluded to in the last podcast, Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin, man. <laughs> what did you think? I tried to do an impression of his accent, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> you couldn't. It's it was, true. It's very unique in this movie. But he was great. How was it? What, it was kind of like he was maybe half. Nothing's going on. <laughs> he was such a sad sack. <laughs> he really was. What did he, I even wrote down something he said. What he said. He kept saying nothing's going my way. Yeah, nothing's nothing's going my way. <laughs> okay, now that I don't know what accent that it, was. It's half half the the guy from Silence of the Lambs. Like puts the lotion on the skin. Like that. <laughs> that was not in the Silence of the Lambs, by the he way. Puts the lotion on the skin, or else he gets. You know, a little, little of that. Like, Puts the lotion in the basket. That wasn't it either. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was the West Hollywood performance of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> a little, actually, I mean, the guy was gay as it is, but he had to get a little gayer for your <laughs> impression. He, he did get a little gayer. Nothing's going right for me. Nothing's going more. Anyway, I, I thought, I, I loved his accent or his voice that he did for the role, but. Right. Yeah. But here, now, you know, here's a question. Yeah. He, the way he played uh, the character who kills Maddie Ross's dad, by the way, this is the guy who, whom they've been hunting down for the whole movie, basically. Yeah. He doesn't 
he doesn't play it in a way that's vicious or unlikable. Well, you, you kind of think that he's not. There's some broken toys in the attic, pretty much. He's not all there. <laughs> yeah. Like he's half maybe mentally impaired, so you kind of feel sorry for him. And like I said, throughout the whole movie, once he shows up, he's like, I'm having the worst day ever. Right. So there was. A- <laughs> I'm sorry. You were totally like. He was a victim of, you know, wild you were, circumstances. You were strong, sad just then, by the way, from Homestar Run. I don't know what happened. But the point I'm trying to make here is that. It, you know, the whole movie, you're gunning for this guy, you're on Maddie's side, you want the marshals to find him, bring him to justice, and then you meet him and you're like, oh, that's sad. Maybe he didn't mean to kill Maddie's dad. Maybe they can work this out. Yeah. Well, I, I think because the other guys, especially the Ned guy played by Barry Pepper, was, like, bossing him around all the time. And he felt right. so... Can I ride with you? I don't weigh much. <laughs> That was I'm so sad. Light. And I was like, oh, that poor guy. And then, But then he accosted Maddie, and I went, all right, it's, it's all over. You what, gotta kill the douchebag. At that point, he knew, like, the only way out was to, you know, take her out as well, but... That's not even true, though. The, even, the guy even said, if a hair is hurt on her head, you're not gonna get paid. He could have just stayed there and waited his turn. Wait your turn! Anyway, my favorite scene, besides the scene where the horse died, was... I'm sorry, What? <laughs> I just said that because I wanted to see what you'd say. The showdown between Rooster and the four guys at the end is pretty... Epic. It's a p- pretty great scene. And it's only helped influential... Like, the score during the scene is really pretty awesome. I didn't like, pay too much attention to the score during the It's very scene. soaring and like, yes! Come on, Rooster! Because he's like, fill your hands, you asshole! And he's got the two guns and he's holding the leash with his... Leash? Wait, I'm leash. sorry. Not the leash. The bridle? The bridle. He's riding a horse and Justin just called it a leash. Well, you see how many <laughs> horses I... I don't really ride a lot of horses, so... <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I'm are you, you going to go take the horse for a walk? <laughs> horse probably wants to go take a walk. <laughs> no, he wants to be stabbed and then shot in the face. By the way, my favorite horse story was... A couple years we were back... A couple years ago we were back in North Carolina and we went to this... Um, huge farm area and this horse was chilling out in the middle of the day all by its lonesome with a hobby horse like an actual hobby horse that you'd like a little two-year-old would ride the horse was chilling in the middle of that was his friend it was his friend yeah by the way a hobby horse californian people is one of those like little horses that had springs attached to it that you could bounce up and down on you could put it in your living room sometimes they had them at the park i don't know why there was one of those in the same stable area as this horse but they were totally chilling together and then the real horse was getting down on its bag and like moving around like a dog it was great okay so pop quiz if yeah people are talking this movie in terms of oscars yeah which you think is the, one of the best 10 movies of the year oh for sure okay um a worthy performance from jeff bridges for best actor absolutely now how about the girl where would you put her in terms of best supporting or best actress which i think she would have well, you know, okay. I was or just does it matter? Say, I don't. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, like I don't. Matter. I, I don't care about the Oscars say, anyway. But people are like having a little of a harumph because they they have her in best supporting. Like it's actual in. Please, you know, consider her for consider best her for best supporting. Well, I just she, thought that she would have a better shot in supporting. But then I thought about it and I went, wait a second. I think there were a couple of great supporting actress um, roles this year that she might have some real competition from. There's a lot of good female characters this year. I mean, in the best actors, just with all the ones. She might, you know, the 
little girl she gets supporting, she might be up against like Melissa Leo from The Fighter. Right. That's what I. That's what I. That's I'm gonna be rough. Of. Tough. And also, I'm thinking of the kids are all right. But maybe because it's essentially a a lead role, maybe they'll like give her a little bump up. Just they should. Of that. I mean, if what's her face from the piano could win, Anna Paquin. Yeah, Anna Paquin could win at twelve for the piano. She should win for this. Really, she should, especially in the supporting category. She did a really good job. And by the way, I've heard not that I've even read the books yet, but we've been talking about the Hunger Games books. Yes. A lot of people are saying that she'd be perfect for the main role in Hunger Games. So oh, well, there you go. Maybe this will be the springboard for that. I need to get that. Blah blah. I don't want to. I want to read it. Okay. Did we miss anything? No, I, I told you my notes were pretty <laughs> inconsequential. So, what would be the final grade for True Grit? A minus. Awesome. Yeah. I think I'd have to bump it up. I think I put it too low on my last year list. Would you give it a seven? I think it was number seven or eight yeah. in my list, top ten, but maybe number five. Like most Cohen films, the more you watch it, the, the better, better it gets. Better it gets. It definitely doesn't get worse. So. I will say it went by very quickly. When it was over, I went, wow, that's it? I was shocked by how fast. You were invested in the story. Yes, and I was shocked by how fast though they tied it up at the end. I really thought it would drag on longer as far as who does what and when and how they find him and, you know, if justice and whatnot. Great movie. There you go. So now we got to move on to the next one. The Big Lebowski. Uh, this is another Coen Brothers movie, also starring Jeff Bridges. And you said it came out when, 1998? Yep. I will say one thing, just to get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lebowski looks awfully comfortable in every scene. He is wearing some very comfortable clothes. He's the dude. He is the dude. Capital T and capital D. Does not like to be called by his name. Yeah, he's, he's you know, a hippie Jeff Bridges, pretty much. Before we go into this, I, I have a question. Uh-huh. You said uh, to me before we started watching that this is one of your favorite movies. Yes. Like, ever. And, you know, the canon of films. And we all know that you are the Movie Geek, capital M and G. So, Movie Geek, why is this one of your favorite movies? This is not about me. We're talking about what you thought about it. Yes, but I still would like to know why. Because you you can't just put that out there and then not, you know, substantiate it. Oh, well, you know, being a writer myself, I like, you know, good writing and good characters. And this movie has two of my favorite characters Ever in all film in Jeff Lebowski, which mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges, and Walter Subject, John Goodman. John Goodman. Those two guys and, you know, this movie and their relationship throughout the whole movie and all, the, like, the weird crap that they go through, essentially because of mistaken identity. I just love it. I just love it. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, yes, yes. Just the Coen Brothers, you know, I love Raising Arizona, this movie, and Fargo. Those three movies I just think are priceless and, you know. Okay. Now, you, you are going to accuse me of cheating. I've already accused you of cheating. You went to RogerEbert.com to see what he thought no. about it before you're like, oh, this totally is what I'm thinking. No, I'm like, here's the thing. No, actually, it's not. It's what Roger Ebert is thinking no. in his review. You can be quiet for one second. Okay, Because here's ahead. the deal. I was mulling over this movie after we finished it trying to make heads or tails, trying to make sense of it, trying to formulate a coherent sentence that would really explain what I was feeling. And I couldn't do it. And I was like, am I alone in feeling this way? And for whatever reason, I Googled Roger Ebert, and he summed it up completely. And he 
said exactly what I, he took the words out of my mouth. So it's not like I'm copying him. He just surmised, uh, or well, not, not that's the wrong word. He p- put together what I'm, what, I, stop it. What? I'm having word vomit. <laughs> See, this is my problem. I'm having word vomit. I needed Ebert to explain it. And he said, quote. You should just read it because he, go ahead. I'm just doing, yeah, I'm doing the first sentence. Be quiet. The Coen Brothers' Big Lebowski is a genial, shambling comedy about a human train wreck and should come with a warning like the one Mark Twain attached to Huckleberry Finn. Persons attempting to find a plot in it will be shot. End quote. Mm-hmm. That's my problem. The entire movie, I was trying to find plot in it as opposed to just, you know, enjoying the jokes and gags for shoots and giggles, let's say. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make sense of the plot and what was happening, and I was left shot in the face. Shot in the face? Yes. Whoa. Shot in the face. So you're saying you didn't like it? (laughs) Unless you like a shot in the face. No, I was just, you know, going off of what Ebert said about you'll find yourself shot. Um, I liked it, but I don't, I would never make it. It's just like an L.A., it's an L.A. crime drama. Right. Crossed with a case of mistaken identity. And that's what the movie is. He's trying to solve this mystery. What happened to uh, Bunny, you know, and why, you know, all this thing. He, get, he get, All the adventures. Like, he meets so many people throughout the movie, and he's just like the stumbling, hippie, drunk, stoner guy. And he's trying to make sense of it, you know. At the beginning, he's like, why me? Why me? And then halfway through, he's like, thinking like a detective. Like, you remember when he's in the... The limo with the uh, the big Lebowski and yes. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's like, new shit has come to light. He's like trying to figure it out. Right. And then he eventually figures it, figures it out like 10 minutes before the end of the movie. And I agree with you. I find him to be an entertaining character. Okay. Uh, it's just, there were, it was so, there was no cohesion to it whatsoever to the story. It was just kind of like... This happens to Lebowski, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. I feel I'm doing this like little wave motion, like rolling with the homies with my hand, because that's what it felt like. It just kind of goes up, down, up, down, up, down. There's no rising action. There's no huge climax. There's no denouement. It just kind of goes up, down, up, down for the entire movie, and then it's over. And you're just kind of like, okay, why would this be one of your favorite movies of all time? Again, I already told you. No, I know, but that's the thought I was left with afterwards. It's not that I didn't enjoy it or didn't see the merit in it, because I do. Uh-huh. I just don't know why anybody would consider that one of, like, the best all-time comedies. And, and I know you're not alone in this. A lot of friends whom I respect and think are funny and intelligent themselves really, really love this movie for whatever reason. And I can't... I don't know. I guess maybe I'm, I'm outside the circle of trust here, but I just... I, I don't are know. The, are you in the trust tree? I guess I'm not. I'm standing outside waving my little white flag going, I don't know, I don't get it. It's okay. Maybe, like like I said, in a lot of Coen Brothers movies, sometimes you've got to watch them a couple times, and then you start to see, like, the, all that's going on in the movie. Perhaps. Perhaps that's true. Well, well, first of all, let me ask you, since you've been asking me, grilling me on this, what, uh, what did you think about the two performances by... Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. I liked John Goodman's performance more than I liked Jeff Bridges. I guess I don't know Jeff Bridges well enough as an actor to know if that w- that role was like he was just playing a shade of himself in real life or or it, what. It was it was a character actually that was based on a kind of based on a real person. Oh, it was that the Coen Brothers knew. 
Interesting. Named, I think his name's Jeff Dowd. They were friends with him? Yeah. And he was very dude-like in his, you know, general view on life and mannerisms. And apparently that they, I don't know if it was Jeff Dowd, the person or a friend of theirs, they even based the whole finding a kid's homework in your car after right. it's been stolen that was, that was a great on scene. something that actually happened. And here's the thing. I think that Jeff Bridges did a good job with the part, but it seems, forgive me, but like a pretty easy part to do. I don't see how you can screw this part up unless you're a terrible, terrible actor. Oh, wow. No, really, I don't. Unless you were terrible, how can you screw this part up? You could be a terrible actor. Right. But if you're not, if you're any sort of A or even B plus list actor, how can you mess it up? I could see anybody in this role. We talk about this a lot on this podcast, but certain Uh movies where we go, I can never see anybody but, you know, what, Matt Damon filling this role of, you know, the born identity or or whatever. I pick something random. But this is a particular movie and role where I feel like I could see any number of Hollywood guys doing it. I really do. Name one. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Sure. Yeah, he wouldn't look the same, but he could do it. I just, I just don't buy Ben Affleck as like the a bumbling, the you know, long-haired, unemployed stoner drunk guy. I just don't see it. it I, like I said, I don't think he would look the same. He probably wouldn't have like the long hair and be all overweight and crap. But he, he, he would still like the character would be the same. Can't you see him just walking around like a tracksuit? Do do do. Hey, man, don't do that. Why can't I do that? Man. It's just a whole different movie. Michael Sarah could do this part. Like, what? it would be totally different, but he could do this part. He's a little young for the part of the dude, number one. <laughs> wow, all this bashing of the dude. I mean, I'm obviously on the total opposite side of the fence, so. I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying hey, Jeff Bridges did a good job, and I think anyone else could have, too, because it was an easy role. I, don't, I think you're going to be hindsight, you know. Next couple times you watch it, you'll uh-huh. be like, oops, I think I made a mistake. Whereas with Walter, John Goodman made that role his own, and I can't really see anybody else doing it. See, that's how I feel about Jeff Bridges. Really? Yes. Interesting. No, I'm lying no, to you No, do you now. know who was fabulous, though? Who? Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Loved him as Brandt. He, he was more interesting to me than most of the movie. Like, every time he was on, I was like, oh, he's back. What's going to happen? <laughs> what? He was great. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, well, what did you like other than Philip Seymour <laughs> You said you like John Goodman. Um, this is going to be really un- inconsequential to you, but to me it was cool to see various <laughs> oh, L.A. No. things of nostalgia from the 90s. And I was like, oh my god, I remember when the half and half carton looked like that from Ralph's. I remember it was purple. Whoa! Slice soda? I actually wrote it. Slice soda with two exclamation points because at one point John Goodman was drinking Slice and I hadn't seen it in like 10 years. And I went, Slice soda? Get out of town! I was trying to figure out what bowling alley it was and I couldn't. I think he lived somewhere near like June and Fountain. And Justin's laughing at me this whole time. Well, no. Just how often this comes up and you talk about it for <laughs> so long. It's basically the, hey, they filmed this in L.A. And then that just, like, overtakes the whole movie. No, you asked me. You're like, inconsequential scenes, you're like, that looks like it's June and blah, blah, blah. What did you say? June June Fountain. June and Fountain. Yeah. (laughs) They're just, like, walking down the street. Right. So you're not even paying attention to, like, 
what's actually going on. No, I think, though, that's the that's a sign that the movie's not really that great or holding my <laughs> attention. If I'm like, look at the street! I know that street! Look at his carton! It's the purple half-and-half half one from Ralph, circa 1997! Like, <laughs> that's telling. <laughs> so, three years ago, we went to The Right Stuff, which was the, um, uh, like, festival of movies put on by Edgar Wright. The director of, like, Scott Pilgrim and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his nights that they had was Raising Arizona and Evil Dead 2, which Chrissy had, ni- had seen neither of those. And I was so excited because I love those two movies, especially Raising Arizona, um, which is another Coen Brothers movie. R- Raising Arizona, Big Lebowski, you're saying... They're you- bo- I would actually say they're both kind of on par. I could take them or leave them. Oh. I really could. Oh. I'm sorry. The, the Coen brothers but, are hit and miss for me. They're it's they're not always great. True Grit was great. True this grit. meh. Take it or leave it. I'm yeah. not saying I hate it. This is not black or white. I'm just saying I could leave it. But which ones did you like better, Raising Arizona, or Big Lebowski? Honestly, I could flip a coin, but I probably <laughs> You're so- I really, but I I pro if I had to, like somebody held a gun to my head. I would probably pick The Big Lebowski. Wow. Just because I don't remember raising Arizona nearly as well. Because it's been three years since I've seen it. In the end, I mean, it had good beats. It it had good comic timing. It just didn't, I don't know, it didn't do it for me. I, other things do it for me more. Uh, what did you think of Tara Reid's inclusion in the movie? She was inconsequential. Really? Yeah, I mean, this was back when she was still semi-cute before the botched liposuction. But, you know, it was one of those things where I go, oh, wait, Tara Reid. And then she was gone. So, You remember Paradise, the show that was on E? Yeah. When I was at E at the same time, I knew people that worked on that show. And I saw, like, a they had assembled, like, a kind of like a gag reel of the show. Mm -hmm. Stuff that, you know, they obviously weren't going to air. Wow. That that girl is, is something, dude. What do you mean? She's such a ditz. Oh, oh well, yeah. She's an idiot. That I believe. Her sister's not much better. I forgot she even had a sister. She does. Oh well, well. I'm not surprised that she's a ditz, to be honest. Then she fit right into this movie. Man, I'm so down now that you've bashed one of my favorite movies. See, this is unfair. <laughs> I'm not bashing it. You act like I'm being like, this movie sucked. I'm just like, hey... Characters were good. Comic timing was good. It had some good gags. The whole whale cassette that he listened to when he was in his itty-bitty tub. Funny. Loved it. I did laugh out loud throughout the movie. But it's not something I would, A, choose to watch again, and B, certainly not ever make it into, like, my favorite movie list. Okay. Point taken. There you go. Sorry about that, Justin. I didn't mean to ruin your hopes and dreams there. You look like I killed your puppy. That's not nice. <laughs> Sorry. You know I just lost a dog. Why well, did too? Why would you say, don't kill any puppies? I'm not killing puppies. No puppies will be killed while I'm in the room, Chrissy. Aww. You talked about killing my puppy. No, but that was your face. Your face was distraught and sad. Well, let's let's remind you that you were crying earlier over a horse in a movie. <laughs> That's true. I did. I was so upset, you guys. I don't know what happened to me just then, but I got really, really upset about that. Sorry. It was very. I think it was a very hormonal 
estrogen e moment for oh, you. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right, and that's what happened. <laughs> I was like, I am sad, and I need some Advil. Wow. <laughs> hey, I can admit it. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm a feminist, but I'm not going to be one of those women who are like, oh, "How dare you blame it on hormones?" No, no, you're right. <laughs> that was definitely hormonal. That was a moment in time. Yo, it was indeed. Oh, I hope that ferret is okay. By the way, and Big Lebowski, the one that they stuck in the tub. There, there was a note at the end of the film that it was it was simulated. No animals were harmed. That's good. Same thing for True Grit, by the way. Yeah. If you're really sad about that still. <laughs> Any general comments about Jeff Bridges or... Steve Buscemi was awesome. I forgot to mention him. Honorable mention, Steve Buscemi. You have to admit that the um, the death uh, or the... Spread- <laughs> that was great. The spreading the ashes scene in this movie is probably one of my favorite scenes. I agree. Like I, like I said, it has great isolated scenes. If you... This is good. This is good. If you take this scene... I'm sorry, movie, apart, and do like a scene-by-scene scene analysis of it, mm-hmm. it's funny. The scenes themselves are funny, and they would be great in like some sort of high school cabaret, not like Kendra and Ebb, but like <laughs> cabaret, kid. community theater, comedy production, where it's like selected scenes from movies and shows and, and theater acted out by funny students. Like, that would be great. They would have to shorten the title on that. That's way too long to get, to get on any kind of marquee. This is true. Little things short acted by high school students that are kind of, of funny. Right. But it's not something I would want to see again, like I said, as a cohesive movie. But Center Stage. Center Stage is awesome, okay? Okay? Okay. Thank you. I'm just showing the scale Yeah, there. thanks for putting that in perspective, by the way. And by the way, again, this is funnier than Center Stage. I never said Center Stage was a comedy. I just like the movie because I like dance movies. Not the same. <laughs> Not the same. This is no Clueless. There you go. A slice of life movie about a bumbling character. That movie is funny scene by scene, and it's funny cohesively. Ha! Agree to disagree. <laughs> Fine. Not that Clueless is horrible, but... I'm sorry, what? Did you imply that Clueless is anything other than amazing and great? Uh, I think it's great. Very good. Okay, good. Amazing. It's not going to, like, well, no. cure cancer or anything. Well, neither is the Big Lebowski. Actually, there have been studies that have shown. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jess, I'm glad we had this talk. WebMD. Big Lebowski cures eye cancer. Eye cancer, you couldn't have picked something like brain cancer or something, you know, where it would affect the psyche. <laughs> Eye cancer? I didn't know that was a big problem. Earlobe cancer. <laughs> earlobe cancer. There you go. If you ever get earlobe cancer, apparently watching The Big Lebowski will help. I don't know. Cancer's not a funny topic anyway. No, nope, not really. Gosh. What is wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still flustered. Ugh. Why are you flustered? Because I... Didn't think it was amazing? Not amazing, but... Did you really think I was going to be like, this is the best movie ever? No. Okay? No. There you go. But you... I like Julianne Moore. You definitely said you liked Raising Arizona a lot more than you... I don't really remember it. Exactly. Just three years ago. That's like 20 years ago in your brain. This is true. (laughs) 
I have no long-term memory or short-term memory. You're like uh, Drew Barrymore in Fifty First Dates, which I didn't see. I know about it, but I didn't see it. She forgets like by the next day who you are. I'm really not kidding when I think when I say I think that when I'm older I'm going to have Alzheimer's. It runs in my mom's side of my family, and I although I remember you know life-changing events and obviously things that are important and really matter to either me or my loved ones. Is it gonna be like the Notebook? I think it will be. I can't remember names easily. I can't remember much of anything. I'll be your Ryan Gosling. Aw, thanks, Yastian. I love you. See? I even said I like the notebook. You did say you like the notebook. Yay! It's it's, it's not amazing. It's not going to... No. Is it going to cure something? (laughs) It's not going to stop... Hang nails. It's not going to stop the zombie (laughs) apocalypse or anything. Oh, the zombie apocalypse. But all that for another podcast, kids. I do think we should watch Fargo in the near future because I never saw that and everyone says it's great and we're on a Coen Brothers kick, so. Yeah, a kick of kicking them in the face by you. I like Drew Grant. Okay, 50%. Okay, so I'm going to give this a grade of C. Uh-huh. I'm not going to give it a C minus. I'm going to give it a C because that implies that it's average. And Have you memorized okay. any other Roger Ebert quotes about his movie? I, no, I didn't even read the whole review. I just saw that one line and said, that's exactly what I thought. He gave it three stars. A C. There you go. Okay. I'll give it a couple months and then i like what I'll make you watch it again and see if it's are you gonna changed. Are you gonna give it an A plus plus just like in Christmas Story where the teacher writes on the board A plus plus plus? Yes, plus. exactly like that. That's what I thought. There you go. All right, cool. Watch this and it'll cure your hangnails. Okay. Okay. Peace out, homies. Uh, find Justin at dudemanfactphat.com. or not. Or not. Okay. I don't know. Or find him on Twitter at Justin Winters, all one word. Or not. Okay. You could find me on Twitter at Chris Winters with a K, all one word. Or my very long blog, which you'll just find at Twitter because I'm not going to bother. It's called Fetching and Fetching. Find it at Twitter. Ta-da! Neuter your animals as well. And yes, neuter your animals. Don't put them in a bathtub. Don't stab them. Don't shoot them in the head. There we go. Did I cover animal rights for today? I hope so. No, that was my Bob Barker conclusion. No, I know, and I took it a step further. Okay. Okay. Later. Bye!